Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, coping with family pregnancy pressure, self-sabotaging at job interviews, beating negative thought patterns, and what happens when your friend becomes an Instagram bore. Our first question this week. Dear Viv, I'm 31 and have been married for five years after being with my partner since we were 17. Last year, I had a breakdown. I now feel I'm on the road to recovery and have stopped taking antidepressants. I do still see a counsellor and my husband has been supportive throughout, although our communication wasn't great for a while. My question is around having children. I don't feel that I'm in the right place for this at the moment. I am still a bit fragile and I still see a counsellor because I don't feel totally confident in my recovery. It hasn't been that long and I do feel that the anxiety and the inability to cope could return. However, I feel the weight of expectation from our respective families and friends. This includes my mum telling me that she announces to her friends that she will show them photos of our dog as she doesn't have any grandchildren to show off. Whilst I'm sure friends and family do want the best for us, I also feel they want us to have children for their own reasons. None of them really know the extent of my breakdown. I'm not under any pressure from my husband, but I do worry that I'm being selfish and I worry about my age. I genuinely do enjoy my life now, including my work, and I'd like a bit of time to carry on with that. However, I'm not sure how long I'll feel like that and I worry about leaving it too late. I think I probably do want children in the future, but feel a bit trapped between becoming too old to conceive, but being ready and more able to cope. Am I being selfish by concentrating on myself for a little while? And how do I deal with the questions and comments about our lack of children? Every time I am asked, the feelings of selfishness and worries return. Thank you. Oh dear, not selfish at all, post-breakdown correspondent. This is addressed not to you, but to the world. Where on earth do people get off on making massive hints about other people having children? It is so unacceptable. And yet it happens all the time. If this were the Oprah Winfrey show circa 1987, I would tell you to kick these people to the curb, including, I'm sorry, your mother. 
It doesn't matter how little anyone knows about your mental state, and evidently they really do know nothing or they're just incredibly crass. No one has the right to make anyone feel as if they should have children. In fact, no one has the right to make anyone feel as if they should do anything. It's your life, and the best thing about your letter is that you're very clearly taking charge of it and doing a fantastic job of looking after yourself, your relationship, and your recovery. Seriously, you have been through an incredibly tough time, and I think anyone would be impressed by your commitment to getting better and to putting yourself first. But there are two important things you say here. I feel the weight of expectation, and none of them know the extent of my breakdown. These are both key and they're linked. The fact is, even if all these people, including your mother, did know the extent of your breakdown, they might still try and burden you with their expectations. Because there are so many reasons why people say these crazy things. Sometimes it's because they don't know what else to say. It might be because they feel sorry for you in some way, because they wish that you were getting better quicker. Or sometimes it's just because they're completely tactless. In short, you could spend forever guessing what people are really trying to say when they say these insensitive things. But I think the most healthy thing for you to do is to indulge them and ignore them. They are entitled to their ill-informed opinion, but you have to just let it go. I think the reason you've let them get to you is because they're echoing something you believe yourself, that you should hurry up and have children. And I will be quite plain speaking here and say that at 31 years old, this is really not true at all. You have loads of time. Hell, you probably even have 10 years at least before you have to worry about this seriously. So you're not being selfish. Please believe me, you're being the opposite of selfish. You're being sensible. You know what they say in the safety advice on aeroplanes. Put your oxygen mask on first before you put anyone else's on. They don't say, beware toxic middle-aged wannabe grandmothers bearing dog pictures, but they should. So keep on looking after yourself. You're doing a great job. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, I've been trying to get a new job for a couple of months now and have had no luck so far, although I've been invited for interviews at four different companies. I think in some part, my lack of confidence is really holding me back. I'm not good at selling myself and my self-deprecating sense of humour comes across badly in interviews. It's what I do when I feel nervous or put on the spot. How can I stop myself from self-sabotaging in interviews? Hello, self-saboteur. Oh, I know how you feel. I know it's impossible to imagine that I've ever held down a job anywhere. And that's because for the past 15 years, I haven't. I'm too much of a free spirit, dear listener. But back in the day when I used to go for job interviews in my early 20s, I was a total idiot interviewee. I went for one job on a magazine where I interviewed so badly that the editor wrote about me the next month in her editor's letter. I'm not joking. My face burned hot with shame when I recognised myself in her words, literally when I opened the magazine. She said in this editor's letter that she had interviewed one particular person who had more degrees than you could shake a stick at, 
but that this person, it was me, got so flustered in the interview that she slumped onto the table with her arm in front of her so that she looked like an elephant talking out of its trunk. So not so clever after all with all those degrees. Oh God, I just feel sick even remembering reading these words. And I'm totally not making this up. This absolutely happened and the editor absolutely wrote about it exactly like this. We are the only two people who would know about this. Uh, It wasn't true, by the way, about the degrees. I only had one degree, like most people, but the person interviewing me didn't have one at all, so we all know what that was really about. Anyway, that was very cathartic. What I'm saying is that interviews are horrible, but it's only one person's opinion of you, and their rejection of you may say more about them than it says about you. Maybe none of these jobs were meant to be for you, so don't take it personally. On the other hand, though, you are right to investigate this pattern. It's great that you're getting these interviews and four in a row. That's pretty impressive. Maybe you've had a run of bad luck and you're destined to nail it in job interview number five. Or maybe there is a mismatch between the person they're shortlisting and the person they're interviewing. Have you asked for feedback after these interviews? Be brave and do it make yourself. I know it's totally hideous, but you need to know the objective truth about how you came across. It might be something to do with this self-deprecating tendency you mentioned, or it might be something else entirely, but you can't take action until you get some more information. I'm going to suggest that you get this feedback and go through it with a friend or with someone you've worked with who you can trust. Does it seem constructive? What's useful? Can you find a way to work with someone the next time you're preparing for an interview? Practice your answers. Practice working with your nerves, which, by the way, are totally natural. Job interviews are the most unnatural dehumanising situation ever. Everybody thinks that. So you can do this thing, but you need to be open to home truths from the people who've already interviewed you and you need to be ready to improve. And once you've done that, you need to practice not slumping under the table and turning your arm into an elephant's trunk. Good luck. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, I know deep down that I'm being irrational, but every time I'm enjoying something, say a meal out with friends... I end up analysing the situation over and over afterwards until I'm drowning in negative thoughts. At a party last night, I had a great time. I talked to old friends, introduced myself to new people, danced. But all I could think once I had left was, what's wrong with me? Why does no one like me? I'll never find a boyfriend. I'm probably insecure because my friends spent the majority of the party talking about their sex lives and I've been single and sex free for two years, but I still can't help but beat myself up. I hate that I can't just enjoy things for what they are. How do I break these negative thought patterns? Oh, dear person who is liked by no one, will never find a boyfriend and who can't enjoy anything. Welcome to the human race. You are totally normal. These hellish situations and feelings and racing thoughts you describe are, guess what, familiar to all of us. 
We all have nights out when we know we should be grateful that we're having a lovely time. Instead, we torture ourselves thinking, why did I say that? And we all have times in our lives when it feels like we're the odd one out and everyone else is having a much better time. So I guess the most important question to ask here is how serious is your problem? Are these thoughts really affecting your life? Are they only in your mind or are they making you consider cancelling social engagements or affecting your friendships, for example? Let's assume to start off that they're in your mind. You just need to make a concerted effort to change what therapists call your self-talk. One technique that comes highly recommended is giving a cartoon voice to these negative thoughts so that you can see them for the pointless caricature that they are. So every time you catch yourself thinking something like, why does no one like me? Say it back to yourself in a silly voice or in a sing song. Why does no one like me? (laughs) This is a reminder that it's just a soundtrack that you probably can't avoid hearing from time to time but you don't have to listen to it or act on it and you certainly shouldn't take it seriously because it's just silly saying why does no one like me oh this is a bit of an insight into my mind isn't it uh, if all this though is not only in your mind and it's creeping into your life i.e it's affecting whether you go out or not then I would strongly suggest getting in some help. A therapist could really help you manage these negative thoughts in the long term. I'll recommend, as I usually do, welldoing.org, who have a register of therapists. Last but not least, though, this is quite important, you label yourself in passing as single and sex-free for two years, or I would say single and sex-free for two years. That is silly. It's not your identity. It's not who you are. It's another negative label you've put on yourself. So it's something else that you need to hear in this cartoon voice. Please don't attach that single label to yourself permanently. Instead, enjoy your friends, enjoy your life and enjoy your singledom because once you let go of this voice in your head, (laughs) I predict you will not be alone for long. The most important thing, keep your sense of humour. I feel like you have one, and this will really help you keep this negative stuff at bay. Good luck with it. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, my friend is becoming an Instagram bore. She's always been interested in photography, but now she's decided she wants a personal brand and constantly posts smug photos of exercise classes, brunches, hanging plants, street art, coffees, and all the other classic Instagram cliches. She hashtags everything to within an inch of its life and is always checking up on her feed to see how her posts are doing. It's making spending time with her a total pain because we always have to go to this restaurant with the great food or this bar with fancy cocktails or some other kind of hip spot. Should I just stop seeing her so often? I can't stand it. Oh, wow. Well, I hope that helps you writing that letter. Anyway, I so empathise. I see this happening everywhere and I'm not even on Instagram yet. I'm sure it will come to us all. Uh, First, though, let's try and show your friend some compassion. Come on, I know this is difficult, but let's try. 
It is really easy to get caught up in something that's new and exciting and different to what you knew before. And what we're seeing here is the first flush of an Insta romance. I wonder if she will be so enamored in six months' time. So you could be patient and think of this as the mental equivalent of a new puppy. She's eventually going to get bored. Also worth thinking about, though, are there any particular reasons why your friend finds Instagram so comforting? Do you think it might ease her insecurity? Does it make her feel cool when she thought she was getting old and boring? These are certainly the reasons I would be drawn to post a lot of arty pictures of an espresso martini. It's nothing to be proud of, but it's perfectly understandable. It's the most fundamental part of human nature to want to be liked and accepted. And that's exactly why social media sites have the power that they have. So really, your friend is just being very flawed and human. On the other hand, though, it is bloody annoying. And I totally see your point that she should get over herself and stop behaving as if she were a 13-year-old. What you should actually do about this depends on how strongly you feel about the Insta obsession and how strongly you feel about your friend. Are you able to say to her, can we have one night out with no phone use at all, please? And I will choose where we're going and it will not be remotely photogenic. I think if you don't know her well enough to say this, maybe she's not such a great friend anyway, and so it's worth letting go of her for a while, or at least until she gets bored of hashtags. Disclaimer, if she has ever used the hashtag nom nom nom, then you have my blessing not only to end the friendship, but to end her life. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.